Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie Weenus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian, and I have been for about the past 20 years. And you listeners know as well as I do that every day there are new nutrition studies coming out. So, of course, I'm always trying to stay on top of things and read those new nutrition studies. I love to do that because... It's my passion. It's what I'm interested in. But I also love to do that so that I can share that new information with all of you and help get you on the road to your best health. And I know every one of our longtime listeners understands that what we eat affects every cell in our body. What we eat affects every cell in our brain. Think about that. And today we're going to be talking a lot about how what we eat affects the cells of our lungs. Today, our show is all about asthma, particularly childhood asthma. I think everybody knows that asthma is a long-lasting lung disorder, but some of you may not know that um, asthma, excuse me, affects 25 million people of all ages in the United States. About 7 million of those 25 million asthma sufferers are kids, and about 3 million of those 25 million are very young kids, even as young as three years old. Now, if you're a parent of a child with asthma, you know well that those asthma flares can be scary. Asthma inflames and narrows the airways, and then the child starts to cough and to wheeze. Or maybe some of you listening are adults with asthma, so maybe you know this feeling very well. The wheezing, the tightness in your chest, the shortness of breath. You can only imagine that as a young child, that's really scary to not be able to breathe. And certainly it's scary for the parents to watch this unfolding. So I hope you stay with us all hour today because we have some great information, not just about the mechanics of asthma, but about how you can change your child's diet or your diet for that matter to help alleviate the symptoms of asthma. And joining me today as my co-host is Leah Wetzel. Leah is a certified nutrition specialist. She's also a licensed nutritionist. But what I think is even more important than all of her credentials is that she has her own personal story about how she put her asthma into remission with good nutrition. So today we're going to have Leah share what worked for her. She'll highlight some of the current research out there and talk about how nutrition can help reduce asthma attacks and lung inflammation. All of this talk about catching our breath. I need to stop. Stop a minute here and catch my breath and say, welcome to the show, Leah. It's so great to be on the air with you. It's really great to be on with you this morning, Cassie. It's going to be a really great show. And I think we should just start right off with having you, Leah, talk about how you successfully changed your nutrition to reduce the amount of inflammation in your lungs. And I know that you love to read the research probably even more than I do. So I know you have some great research to share as well. But do you want to talk a little bit more about your story? Sure, sure. Well, good morning to the listeners. You know, this may sound strange, 
But I started with the belief system that I was eating something I was eating or drinking, maybe causing my lungs to be inflamed. You know, my asthma wasn't genetic and it wasn't from the air pollution. I mean, that does definitely doesn't help when you right. when you have a condition like that. Um, you really underlyingly the biggest thing that helped me get off of my asthma medications and stop using my rescue inhaler daily was was when I changed my diet. So the biggest thing for me was it was what I was eating was causing my lungs to be inflamed. You know, on research from the National Heart and Lung and Blood Institute published in the New England Journal of Medicine, March 2018, found that increased odds of inhaled steroids did not prevent severe flare-ups. So basically, extra steroid medication did not help. And there's side effects. There bad, are many, bad side effects. many side effects yeah. of taking steroids. Yes. You know, so I knew I needed to look at another source to be symptom-free. And as a nutritionist, I looked at foods that are well-known to cause inflammation, whether in your lungs or for some people that inflammation is in their knees right. or in their head if they're having chronic migraines. Right. Inflammation manifests in many different ways. You know, when I looked at my diet prior to coming to work at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Many years before, it was full of high sugar juices and, and sugar. Um, it, I knew that soda was high in sugar, but I had no idea that juice was just as inflammatory and high in, and high as, as, as sugar as soda, and is contained so much, right? So much a lot of sugar, yeah. a lot of sugar in that juice, and I think you're certainly not the only one. I Unless you study nutrition, I don't think people stop to to ponder, okay, right. what is in juice and how does that compare to soda? But like you have said, Leah, juice contains about the same amount of sugar. If you look ounce for ounce. It's, it's so pretty close. I, I, and I think is. in some cases it is the same. The same. Mm -hmm. It depends on which juice and which pop. So think about it this way. Your lungs don't know the difference. They don't know if you just got that sugar load from a bottle of Mountain Dew or right. if you just got that sugar load from a, a big bottle of apple juice or orange juice. Right. And as I was preparing for this show, I came across some really sobering research here that I want to share with everybody. Juice, pop, other sugary drinks are the cause of about 184,000 deaths each year worldwide. Wow. Oh my goodness, isn't that just obnoxious? Yes. That was reported back in 2015, if anybody wants to read that research further, in a journal called Circulation. It was in their August 2015 publication. Now, of those 184,000 deaths, they determined that about 113,000 were from diabetes. So do you see the link here? Mm -hmm. Too much sugar from the orange juice and the Mountain Dew and the sweet tea and you get diabetes and then complications of diabetes lead to death. Of those 184,000 deaths worldwide from high sugar drinks, about 45,000 come from cardiovascular disease and about 6,500 come from different forms of cancer. Mm-hmm. So again, all of these deaths were the result of inflammation from beverages high in sugar, whether it's pop or juice 
or sweet tea or how about these coffee drinks? Yes. Oh my goodness. I am even seeing, so my, my son is 12. He'll be 13 soon. A lot of his friends, oh, I yeah. feel like are addicted to these foo-foo coffee drinks, the yeah. mochas, the frappuccinos. And I don't think they or their parents realize how much sugar is in them. Right. And a big discussion in the office when I'm working with a young one that has asthma or any other sort of inflammation is what are they drinking? I mean, not only what are they eating, but a lot of times they really don't realize the level of sugar that they're consuming in their beverages. And a lot of times at that that target age range, um, that is where they're going to To their favorite coffee shop. And getting those high, high, high sugar coffee drinks. And I think you're exactly right that they don't realize what's in them. Right, 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 right. You know, I think this research reflects the overwhelming problem with most of the beverages available today. You know, I drink a lot of fruit juice, not realizing that if I drank one 16-ounce juice, you know, I was getting at least about 45 grams of carbohydrates. So that's over what I would consider a meal worth of carbohydrates. Right. In a little, you know, five, five minute maybe uh, time frame. And that's over 11 teaspoons of sugar. You know, however, you know, I didn't drink, you know, one bottle of juice. You know, I would often in a day's time, I would drink three to four bottles of juice every day. Um, so I, where I used to work at the time, they would sell them in the vending machines. So I would go and get a bunch for the day and, you know, thinking again, oh, I'm doing good. This I'm not drinking healthy, pop. I'm not drinking soda. Yeah. Yes. I'm not drinking soda, but yeah, I would drink a lot of juice. And so some days I was drinking you know, 45 teaspoons of sugar. And then, you know, that's without even what foods you were right. eating that. So, right. wow, that's a lot of sugar circulating. Yes. And I really just didn't realize how unhealthy my juice drinking habit was for my lungs. And because, you know, somehow I had bought into all the advertisements from TV or magazines, even some, you know, health magazines will say that this is the route to do for um, for drinking and and health is to drink a lot of juice. Water's better. Right. Well, we have our first break, Cassie. Already? Yeah, already. It goes fast. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you today by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The frequency of asthma has ridden, <clears throat> risen in the U.S. over the past 30 years, and many researchers believe that the processed food diet many Americans are eating is the root cause. A 2007 study showed that children who grew up on eating real food, like what we talk about on this show every week, right, were less likely to have asthma-like symptoms. Today, we are discussing the change I made in my diet to put my asthma symptoms into remission. I changed from eating a high sugar processed foods to a real food diet that I cook in my kitchen at home. You know, stay tuned as we outline my personal approach to eliminating my asthma symptoms. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Since we're discussing asthma and lung health today, I think it's important to look at specific nutrients that support healthy lung tissue. I think a lot of you realize that omega-3 fish oils help to reduce inflammation, but to reduce lung inflammation, the research actually indicates that the omega-6 fatty acid called GLA 
or the longer name is gamma-linolenic acid, is the preferred fatty acid. GLA is what we call an activated fatty acid, and it supports healthy tissue really throughout the body, but it really works on those lungs. It seems to target those lungs and reduce inflammation there. That's sort of its specialty. Mm-hmm. It's also the fatty acid that's beneficial for hair growth, healthy skin, and strong nails. So again, GLA is a key fatty acid for reducing inflammation in the lungs and for keeping the lung tissue flexible and healthy. On that note, if you're wanting to supplement with healthy fatty acids to help heal your asthma, for adults, we would recommend starting with 2,000 milligrams of omega-3 fish oil capsules, or you can do that in a liquid form, and then add on 600 milligrams of GLA, that gamma-linolenic acid. If you're wanting to start your child on fish oil supplements and possibly GLA, Leah and I think it's best to work with a licensed nutritionist or a registered dietitian to find the right amount for your child based not just on their needs, but on their size. As we were talking about in the break room, you know, the size of a 12 year old can so vary because they haven't hit their. Some have, some some haven't. haven't, Some have, right, hit their growth spurt yet. Or the difference between a four year old and a 15 year old. Like, they're. Exactly. There's definitely, you know, everyone is a little different. Right. Yeah. And both of these nutrients were really critical for my recovery. I both are are very much therapeutic and very helpful in my experience for helping with my asthma symptoms. And you still take GLA to keep your asthma Mm -hmm. gone, Mm -hmm. to keep it gone. Mm -hmm. And and also the omega three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So before break, we were talking about the sugar, sugar hidden in our so many beverages. beverages and I was, you know, sharing my experience about what I thought was healthy of all my juice consumption and in some right. cases equaling 45 teaspoons of sugar a day. And I bet this is new information for a lot mm-hmm. of people that, oh my goodness, if I'm feeding my child juice, I'm really just feeding them pure sugar. Yeah. So I really want the listeners to stop right now and answer this question. Are you giving your child juice regularly? You can answer out loud. Maybe Lee and I will even hear you here if you shout. (laughs) Loud enough. (laughs) (laughs) Are you giving your child juice regularly? If you answered yes, today's the day to stop. Yes. Stop drinking the juice. Switch to water. Yes. And I would say that that's really easy to say, right? Right. Harder to do. But for having kids, you know, kids can be very particular. And if they're well adjusted, to drinking juice, going from drinking straight juice to drinking plain water may not be the uh, one step to <laughs> the other. They might just shrivel up into yeah. a prune and not drink anything. Right. And so I often will advise clients of, okay, so we just need to adjust them to the taste of just drinking plain water. So we'll start with dilution and we'll start with you're adding some water to the juice. Right. And get them used to that. And you add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm. And before you know it, you can really ultimately just kind of lightly color your water with the a juice. A drop or two of juice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they'll just take it right down. They need that adjustment, though. You need to find alternative replacements for kids because they'll just protest yeah. in some cases. Some cases, maybe it will be a great, maybe they will do it. But in a but lot of cases. But you know your child. Yeah, yeah. You listening know your child. And I, I think you're right, Leah that for most kids, you're going to need to slowly adjust because you know what? We, 
we heighten our um, tolerance to yeah. sugar. So we need more and more and more. And then if all of a sudden you cut off that sugar, that's not going to be interesting to yeah. them at all. So we have to retrain their taste buds. Exactly. Another idea and something we do here and there at our house when the kids are getting a little bored with water is something called fruits and greens. Yep. I know you do that sometimes too. Um, And if you want to learn more about this product, it's a powder mix that you put in water. You can go to our website at weightandwellness.com. Click on products and you'll find this fruits and greens powder mix. It's just one little scoop. You add it to a big glass of water and it's zero sugar, but it's got a little natural sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. It's full of antioxidants. So antioxidants are those things that help protect our lungs and protect all of our organs, really. And there's so many different flavors, and I honestly love them all. Right yeah. now, we have the strawberry kiwi. Nice. Because that's what my daughter loves, So, and it is delicious. Um, I like to put the espresso one in my oh, yeah. smoothie sometimes in the morning. That's great. So that's another flavor. Yeah. There's a berry one. Yep, yep. There's all I, sorts of different flavors, and they keep coming out with different flavors, which is really fun. With new ones. Yeah, and my kids love... All of them. And, you know, a lot of time we're just kind of getting out of the season now, but our popsicles at home are dynamic greens with maybe, you know, we it might be, it's a little natural lemon or lime juice and water. My kids love them. They Great idea. They, and you're just smirking in the background yeah. thinking, oh, you don't know. I'm just loading you up with nutrients. Right. Right. That's awesome. So there's a lot of ways to use it. And kids... I, I have yet to meet a kid that hasn't liked the dynamic greens. So yeah, yeah. that's a nice one to have around to kind of fill in too. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, like we were saying, you for most kids, you're going to need baby steps, uh, maybe some creative replacements like diluting that juice or trying the dynamic greens. Yep, yep. And you might be asking, so why is sugar so bad for our lungs? The answer is quite simple. Sugar causes inflammation. We want to know mo- want to know more. You know, I encourage you to go to our website. We have tons of great information about this at weightandwellness.com, you know, and pull up our blog called Sugar Aches and Inflammation that was written on February 14th of 2017. Now, you know, when I think about the drinking of all that juice, all I can really think about is the sugar aches, aches and inflammation. Sugar aches. I love that. Oh, sugar yeah. aches. And at that time, you know, I was, you know, my late teens, early 20s. I had lots of inflammation, lots of aches and pains. I remember yeah. joking like, whoa, I feel like I, you know, I'm middle aged. Like I'm, yeah, and they, aging rapidly. Yeah. And they all, you know, I'm pretty close to 40. And now, you know, and now it's like. You're I, aging well, backwards. Well, the aches and pains are gone. Like right. it was cause and effect, a direct relation to there the is, sugar I was drinking. There is a direct relation. Eating. Right. But I, I. And I know the faithful Dishing Up Nutrition listeners know that sugar causes inflammation, but I bet the new listeners to our program don't know that. This is new information. It reminds me of a conversation I had with my brother about a year, year and a half ago. His elbow had swelled up. He's a farmer rancher back home, so he's doing a lot of physical labor. His elbow had swelled up so big or swollen up. It was just ugly. Oh, no. Of course, if you knew him, you'd know he'll never go to the doctor. And he asked me what I thought about this elbow. And I said, I think you're eating too much sugar. And the look on his face, you could tell, like, (laughs) he thought I grew two heads. Like, that was, and this is a smart guy that graduated valedictorian, but... That was a connection he did not know. So I think we just have to remember that this isn't knowledge that everybody has. But 
Sugar equals inflammation. It does. Yeah. And, and we'll have to talk more about this. No, we just get into this conversation. Yeah. It's great, but it's break time. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are discussing lung health and nutritional habits that can reduce your child's risk or your risk of developing asthma. It may surprise you that upwards of 70% of people with asthma also have acid reflux or also known as GERD, which can cause and can make asthma more difficult to control. After break, Cassie will suggest ways to eliminate acid reflux and thus reduce your asthma symptoms. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. My name is Cassie Weenus, and I'm in studio today with Leah Wetzel. Before we went to break, Leah mentioned that I would talk about ways to get rid of acid reflux when we came back, so that's what I want to do. And I have to say, helping people get rid of acid reflux, or what some people refer to as GERD, which just stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease. It's truly one of the things that I really, really enjoy about being able to do as a dietitian, uh, maybe partly because I just have a lot of clinical experience, so it's it's kind of second nature and that makes it fun. But also I understand what it's like to have a child with acid reflux from my own personal experience as a mom. Some of you may have heard my story on dishing up nutrition before, and I'm not going to go into all the detail, but my son suffered from GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, as a baby, which I don't think is all that uncommon, but his never went away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talk on one of our past podcasts about how The doctor at age four, so Riley at age four was on an adult dose Mm. of Prevacid. And the the reflux started to rear its ugly head Mm. again, even though he's taking this adult dose. And I uh, doctored for a while, ended up at, I won't say where I ended up, I ended up in another doctor's office that specialized in gastroenterology. And the doctor just wanted to double his already adult dose. Oh my gosh. It It was so discouraging, but... Long story short, I walked out of there and never went back and and took alternative routes to figure out Riley's issues. One thing I found and that I find is a problem for most kids, especially with acid reflux, is that they're lacking good bacteria in their intestinal tract. If there's a deficiency of good bacteria in your intestines, think about it. Your food is not getting digested properly So it sits there longer Mm -hmm. than it should, right? It's not moving through in a timely manner. And so it's more likely to back up into the esophagus along with those gastric juices and cause that, that acid reflux. So that was a piece of the puzzle with my son. You know, every story is different, but with my son, that didn't totally cure it. When we found out he had celiac disease and removed the gluten, that was a big piece of the puzzle. But over the years, I found out that he had some other food sensitivities as well. And so that really made a difference, um, especially once we removed soy, dairy, and corn. Mm. Those were three biggies. So we are gluten-free, we are dairy-free, no soy, no corn. Some people listening might think, what? What do you eat? How can you do that? And what do you eat? But I have to tell you, when when. His reflux went away by removing those four things. I was so happy to do it. Yeah. 
you know, and the house was just happier because Riley was sleeping through the night. So think about it this way. Your lung health starts in your intestines. It's so important to make sure that those kids have good gut health and get rid of the foods that they maybe have sensitivities to in order to avoid inflamed lungs and get rid of the asthma. Mm -hmm. And those of you that listen regularly, you know that Leah is a parent of two young kids. I am a parent of two middle schoolers. So we certainly understand that it's hard to change up a child's diet. Yes. When they have their habits and they're used to certain foods, it's hard. But I think back to when we got diagnosed with celiac disease and the dairy allergy. Those two diagnoses came at the same time. You can imagine I cried. Yeah. It's it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it was Riley and his sister. And then I found out I had a dairy allergy and a gluten intolerance, which ultimately was great because we're just a team. But I sat down and met with the owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness with mm-hmm. Dar. You would think, okay, I'm a dietitian. I can figure this out for myself. But it was so overwhelming. I needed to sit down and talk through things with somebody else and get their feedback and their direction. So right. what I'm saying is I think any and all of you out there who are parents of kids with asthma and you want to change up their diet for the better to try to get rid of the asthma or at least lessen the sy- symptoms, you need the support of a licensed nutritionist or a registered dietitian. It is so worth it. So if you're interested in learning more, or if you know you want to set up an appointment, you can call the office today at 651-699-3438. Right, right. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really helpful for parents, you know, to hear these stories of success of that. Yes, you can make a difference by doing the effort and making this change with the diet and it like I said it's so worth it I mean I look at at my son now compared to what he was and he's he can run so much longer and he's such an active kid that loves sports so that's great his hair is so much healthier his nails no longer peel and crack and and he can sleep through the night because he doesn't have the acid reflux just so many wonderful benefits of finding the foods that work for your child. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted to share a little bit. I was going to do this and then Leah, you cut me off. I know. We had to go I'm to the break. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah. No, you did the right thing. But <laughs> but I was looking at the most recent book that Dr. Mark Hyman wrote. Some of you may have heard of it already. I think we've talked about it on past shows. It's called Food. What the heck should I eat? <laughs> it's a great title. A great <laughs> practical title. In his book, he says, sugar-sweetened beverages are the single biggest factor contributing to obesity and also linked to type 2 diabetes, fatty liver, kidney failure, high blood pressure, and more. End of quote. And we know that more that Dr. Hyman is referring to includes asthma. Right, 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 right. You know, and when I cut out juice, you know, I I definitely noticed... wasn't a cure, but there was some um, improvements with my asthma. You know, and I also started at that point to lose weight. You know, I lost 50 pounds and, you know, through this journey, at the end of the journey, I was able to get off of my inhalers. That is great. Mm -hmm. You know, and another sobering fact here to share with the listeners is that the incidence of asthma in the United States has markedly increased over the past 30 years I think you already mentioned that early on in the show, Leah. Mm-hmm. And I I can see it all around me. I mean, I go into school. Riley caught a little bug here not that long ago. 
And all you have to do is stand in the nurse's office for a couple minutes and you'll see several kids, at least in a school our size, several kids coming in to use their inhalers. Yep. I mean, it makes me think what has caused this increase? When I went to school, I did not know one single child with asthma. Right. Me neither. No. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think we have to look at food. One thing for sure is Americans are eating more and more processed foods. And as a whole, Americans are eating fewer and fewer vegetables and fruits. And those processed foods are not only high in sugar, which contributes to asthma, but they also contain, most of them, a lot of bad fats. Right, 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 right. You know, in fact, there's evidence that people who eat diets higher in vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene, magnesium, selenium, and omega-3 fatty acids have lower rates of asthma. And when we think about those foods, we're talking about food, the real foods, you know, the fruits and the vegetables and the healthy fats. Like, right. You know, omega-3s from good wild-caught salmon. As close to the earth as possible. Exactly, exactly. So one research study about asthma and diet found that teens with poor nutrition were more likely to have asthma symptoms. You know, after reading that study, you know, I decided it's time to give up the chips and the processed food and start cooking my meals. You know, I started cooking my meals with Maybe not great choices like pasta or pizza at home, making my homemade pizzas, right? Not realizing probably way back then that those were high sugar foods. Exactly. You know, because frankly, you know, that was all I really knew how to cook at the time. You know, unfortunately, that didn't work well for me because my asthma symptoms got worse and more inflammation. You know, so too, back to that research, I, I was looking more at the connection with food and asthma. You know, and I think we should pause here for a minute talking about um, not just high sugar foods, but like I mentioned, the bad fats yes. can contribute to asthma and flare ups as well. they kind of go hand in hand, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Think of uh, store-bought crackers. They're going to be a high sugar processed food, but they also probably contain bad fats. And the four mm-hmm. biggest offenders that people want to look for are... Corn oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. So if you're in your kitchen, go to your cupboard and grab a box or a bag of something that your kid loves to eat. And look at the ingredients. Yeah, look at the ingredients. You need to read ingredient lists and you want to stay away from the corn oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. Yes. You know, and like you mentioned, Leah, you were eating the pasta, the pizza, cooking it at home, thinking you were doing better, not realizing that it was contributing to asthma because those foods turned to sugar. I think part of the reason why you didn't even make that realization is that for years we were taught the wrong information. We were taught high carb, low fat. And we'll get back to that thought when we come back after commercial break. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We invite you to be part of our like-minded nutrition community that we actually started many years ago. You know, when we first started teaching the weight and wellness series, uh, we have heard over and over again lots of success stories. This one, this class series changed my life. You know, I have more energy. I have fewer aches and pains. My moods are better. My family loves to uh, uh, my cooking now. You know, for all of those reasons and many, many more, This fall, we want to help you stay inspired to eat real food, 
through the holiday season. You know, we are offering five of our most sought after classes for you for only $10 each. So spending 90 minutes learning and getting inspired to achieve the holiday eating that supports your health. So call our office today at 651 699-3438 or online too at weightandwellness.com for times and locations. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Uh, Before we get back into our topic, Leah, I think I should mention that next week you're probably going to want to tune in again. We have another great program coming up. Next week, it's going to be the owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Darlene Kavist, along with Joanne, and their topic is compulsive eating and weight gain. So again, that is next Saturday's Dishing Up Nutrition program. And I'll tell you, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, after all of the clients we have seen over the years, we fully understand that compulsive eating is rooted in a biochemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. It is not a weak will. It's not a lack of self-discipline. There's a biochemical imbalance. And when you listen next week, I'm sure you'll gain a lot of valuable insight into what is the root cause of that compulsive eating. And another reminder, Dar, Chris, and Joanne will be teaching the Menopause Survival Seminar on Saturday, November 10th. I think this is a seminar that every woman from the age of about I don't know, 35, 36 to 100 should attend. Right. It's great. I have sat through the seminar. It's not just packed full of a lot of useful information, but the ladies make it fun Mm -hmm. and you laugh. And so that makes for just a really enjoyable day. You can get all of your personal questions answered in a safe environment. And let's not forget, we give you some healthy snacks and a really delicious organic lunch, too. Yeah, it's a great day. It's a great day. And I want to repeat what Leah talked about on the the front side of break. October 15th through November 15th, we will be offering our five most sought-after nutrition classes at each of our seven office locations for only $10 each. So I encourage you to sign up. Because these spots go fast at, at such a cheap price. And you can call 651-699-3438 to sign up. Or you can sign up online at weightandwellness.com. And I just want to mention a few of them that are coming up uh, soon um, that are going to be great classes to be taking. So one of them, which I think is very timely, is Healthy Holiday Tips and Traditions. This will be uh, the class on Tuesday, October 16th in Wyzetta from 6.30 to 8. Another one, the same class, will be offered um, on Thursday, October 18th in, um, I think, Maple Grove, and that's 6.30 to 8. The other one is Five Steps to Boost Your Metabolism. I love teaching that class. Such a popular class. Great information. Um, And that will be Friday, that's October 19th, and that's in Lakeville from 10.30 to 12 p.m. Wonderful. And like we said, just $10 for 90 minutes of great information. It's a steal. It is. You know, as I was saying, Leah, before we went to break, I think that a lot of people for years were eating things like pasta and bagels and bread because we were taught the wrong information. Right. You know, I grew up in the 80s, even when I went to... Me too. Right? (laughs) And I... 
you seem so much younger than me. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, you look good. Oh. But um, so, yeah, for both of us, the 80s and then even into the 90s when yeah. I went to college, it was the high carb, low fat message. But truly, that wrong message has literally killed millions of people over right. the years because of all of the inflammation and the the chronic disease that followed. Do you remember at one point we were being told to eat six to 11 servings of bread, cereals, and pastas? That's a lot. That's, Doesn't that mm-hmm. just sound gross right now? Just think of that 11 slices of bread a day. Yeah. And people were doing that. Yeah. Right. And what happened to our health? Yeah. Inflammation mm-hmm. and chronic disease. It makes me think of another little tidbit from Dr. Mark Hyman's book. And he says in there, 70% of Americans think granola bars are healthy, even though they're really just a cookie. Right. A quote from Mark Harmon. Pretty much. Yeah, What's the difference, right? So, yeah, that comes from Dr. Mark Hyman's book, Food, What the Heck Should I Eat? And on that note, What the Heck Should I Eat? I want to encourage everybody to check out a recent blog post on our website. So go to weightandwellness.com. Click on blogs and then look at the September 27th post called Healthy School Lunch Ideas. I believe it was written by our colleague, Teresa Wagner. Yeah, it's there great. There are some great lunch ideas. I got a few. Well, I had my kids pick a few off of there mm-hmm. because I knew if they picked the lunch ideas, they'd be more likely to eat them. And it's been working wonderfully. Yes, so. yes, yes. We give lots of tips of so now what do I do? Right. And this, you know, as, as practical much, information, practical, simple solutions. Yep, exactly. You know, so back to my my story, I gave up drinking juice. My my asthma was a little bit better. But when I started eating pasta and, and, pe- and the homemade pizzas, like my asthma got worse. You know, so I realized I needed to dig in deeper into the research. When I did, I found that there might be a connection to my eating pasta and my asthma. I knew that people with celiac disease are unable to tolerate gluten, which is wheat, rye, and barley. I was unaware that untreated celiac disease is the root cause of at least 50 different diseases, including cancer, osteoporosis, IBS, rheumatoid arthritis, anemia, and many neurological and psychological disorders, such as anxiety and depression and migraines and even autism. I also knew that I didn't have the genetic gluten sensitivity celiac, but perhaps I had a non-celiac gluten sensitivity you know, so per Dar's advice, meeting with Dar, I did the same like you. Yes. Uh, years ago, uh, eight years ago. No, it was 11 years ago. It wow. was a long time ago. I've I been remember. around a while. <laughs> 11 years ago now, yes. I stopped eating gluten grains and I also did dairy too. And my asthma got significantly better to a point where I was able to get off of my inhalers. Wow. Um, yes. I don't think a lot of people realize that's achievable. Right. Right. So you gave up gluten and dairy and those were two big pieces of the puzzle. Huge night and day difference for me. Yes. Awesome. Now for that reason today, 11 years now, I do not eat bread and pastas and pizzas and cookies and cakes. And my asthma has been in total remission for 11 years. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've seen that in clinical practice. That's the case for a lot of kids with asthma when they go 
gluten free and of course get the high sugar foods out yes. of their diet. They Which was know. important number one step. I'm really glad yeah. I did that. Yep. Because I, I, I maybe wouldn't have had such a dramatic change in my asthma symptoms had I been eating a lot of other high sugar foods. Great point. Or beverages. Yeah. Great point. Well, you've been sharing some research. I have some here in front of me that I want to share. According to a study reported in the journal called Allergy and Clinical Immunology, this was back in their April 2011 edition, there is a correlation between the number of people being diagnosed with asthma and those who have a gluten intolerance. Interesting. Right? And and you are living proof. So if you are a parent listening and your child has asthma, I think you owe it to them. You yeah. owe it to yourself, to them, to the whole family to try giving up gluten. So no more bread, no more pasta, no more mac and cheese. Please no more breakfast cereals. Yeah. Those have gluten and high sugar. And, you know, yes, you'll need to find some substitutions, but that's when coming in and meeting with a nutritionist or a dietitian can really be helpful. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And today we're trying to cover all the possible nutritional factors that influence the relationship of either foods or supplements to asthma. You know, last week on our show, it was all about probiotics and health. And so here's a a study reporting the relationship between probiotics, bifido and bacteria and allergy asthma. This study was done in Turkey and basically found that children who had a higher percentage of bifido bacteria longum had less asthma and allergenic dermatitis. So I started taking bifidobacteria in powder form, and again, my asthma was better. And after a few months, you know, really like I had shared, I, I no longer needed my inhalers. No more coughing, no more wheezing, no more shortness of breath. Like, it was a dramatic shift for me. You are really walking and living proof of that tagline that we sometimes <laughs> give, change your nutrition to change your life. Oh, yes. Yep. You know, and even you've had two pregnancies. You're a busy working yep. mom and you have not had a relapse. No, no. I, yeah. And each pregnancy, I gained 50 pounds and that can be a tricky time with autoimmune for things to bubble up. And right. I really have been fortunate that for me, that was a life changing thing that the, the the intolerances I had to those foods, um, was a few key supplements yes. adding in like the, the GLA, GLA, omega three fatty acids, the bifidobacteria, uh, low sugar, low yes. sugar diet, high yes. fat diet, a lot of good healthy fats. You know that we were mentioning earlier. Fat is an important component to it too. Right. Yeah. You don't want to just cut out the bad fats. You want to add in the good fats, the butter, yeah. the olive oil, all yeah, those delicious. Oil. Yes. Well, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. I want to thank everyone today for listening. Thanks for being on with me today, Cassie. So fun to be on with you. You're such a wealth of information, so I enjoy hanging out. Right. Thanks. All right. Have a great day.